A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Section one of Tales of Terror. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Christine Rutger. The Horla, Part 1. By Guy de Maupassant. Editor's Note. This unique chronicle of terrors, with its lethine culmination, was, there is good reason to believe, a matter of personal experience. De Maupassant, an utterly unmoral man from the beginning, was unfortunate in the budding promise of his career to form a connection with a beautiful woman who finally ruined him body and soul. This story is the inner record of his descent into the maelstrom. May 8th. What a lovely day. I've spent all the morning lying in the grass in front of my house, under the enormous plantain tree which covers it, and shades and shelters the whole of it. I like this part of the country, and I am fond of living here because I am attached to it by deep roots, profound and delicate roots which attach a man to the soil on which his ancestors were born and died, which attach him to what people think and what people eat, to the usages as well as to the food, local expressions, the peculiar language of the peasants, to the smell of the soil, of the villages, and of the atmosphere itself. I love my house in which I grew up. From my windows I can see the Seine, which flows by the side of my garden. On the other side of the road, almost through my grounds, the great and wide Seine, which goes to Rouen from Havre, and which is covered with boats passing to and fro. On the left, down yonder, lies Rouen, that large town with its blue roofs under its pointed Gothic towers. They are innumerable, delicate or broad, dominated by the spire of the cathedral, and full of bells which sound through the blue air on fine mornings, sending their sweet and distant iron clang to me, their metallic sound which the breeze wafts in my direction, now stronger and now weaker, according as the wind is stronger or lighter. What a delicious morning it was! About eleven o'clock, a long line of boats drawn by steam tug, as big as a fly, and which scarcely puffed while emitting its 
thick smoke past my gate after two english schooners whose red flag fluttered toward the sky there came a magnificent brazilian three-master it was perfectly white and wonderfully clean and shining i saluted it i hardly know why except the sight of the vessel gave me great pleasure may twelfth i have had a slight feverish attack for the last few days and i feel ill or rather i feel low-spirited whence do these mysterious influences come which change our happiness into discouragement and our self-confidence into diffidence one might almost say that the air the invisible air is full of unknowable forces whose mysterious presence we have to endure i wake up in my best spirits with an inclination to sing in my throat why i go down by the side of the water and suddenly after walking a short distance i return home wretched as if some misfortune were awaiting me there why is it a cold shiver which passing over my skin has upset my nerves and given me low spirits is it the form of the clouds or the color of the sky or the color of the surrounding objects which is so changeable which have troubled my thoughts as they passed before my eyes who can tell everything that surrounds us everything that we see without looking at it everything that we touch without knowing it everything that we handle without feeling it all that we meet without clearly distinguishing it has a rapid surprising and inexplicable effect upon us and upon our organs and through them on our ideas and on our heart itself how profound that mystery of the invisible is we cannot fathom it with our miserable senses with our eyes which are unable to perceive what is either too small or too great too near to or too far from us neither the inhabitants of a star nor of a drop of water with our ears that deceive us for they transmit to us the vibrations of the air in sonorous notes they are fairies who work the miracle of changing that movement into noise and by metamorphosis give birth to music which makes the mute agitation of nature musical with our sense of smell which is smaller than that of a dog with our sense of taste which can scarcely distinguish the age of a wine oh if we only had other organs which would work other miracles in our favor what a number of fresh things we might discover around us may sixteenth i am ill decidedly i was so well last month i am feverish horribly feverished or rather i am in a state of feverish enervation which makes my mind suffer as much as my body i have without ceasing that horrible sense of some danger threatening me that apprehension of some coming misfortune or of approaching death that presentiment which is no doubt an attack of some illness which is still unknown which germinates in the flesh and in the blood may eighteenth i have just come from consulting my medical man for i could no longer get any sleep he found that my pulse was high my eyes dilated my nerves highly strung but no alarming symptoms i must have a course of shower baths and of bromide of potassium may twenty fifth no change 
my state is really very peculiar as the evening comes on the incomprehensible feeling of disquietude seizes me just as if night concealed some terrible menace towards me i dine quickly and then i try to read but i do not understand the words and can scarcely distinguish the letters then i walk up and down my drawing-room oppressed by a feeling of confused and irresistible fear the fear of sleep and the fear of my bed about ten o'clock i go up to my room as soon as i have got in i double lock and bolt it i am frightened of what up till the present time i have been frightened of nothing i open my cupboards and look under my bed i listen i listen to what how strange it is that a simple feeling of discomfort impeded or heightened circulation perhaps the irritation of a nervous thread a slight congestion a small disturbance in the imperfect and delicate functions of our living machinery can turn the most light-hearted of men into a melancholy one and make a coward of the bravest then i go to bed and i wait for sleep as a man might wait for the executioner i wait for its coming with dread and my heart beats and my legs tremble while my whole body shivers beneath the warmth of the bedclothes until the moment when i suddenly fall asleep as one would throw oneself into a pool of stagnant water in order to drown oneself i do not feel coming over me as i used to do formerly this perfidious sleep which is close to me and watching me which is going to seize me by the head to close my eyes and annihilate me i sleep a long time two or three hours perhaps then a dream no a nightmare lays hold on me i feel that i am in bed and asleep i feel it and i know it and i feel also that somebody is coming close to me is looking at me touching me is getting on to my bed is kneeling on my chest is taking my neck between his hands and squeezing it squeezing it with all his might in order to strangle me i struggle bound by that terrible powerlessness which paralyzes us in our dreams i try to cry out but i cannot i want to move but i cannot i try with the most violent efforts and out of breath to turn over and throw off this being which is crushing and suffocating me i cannot and then suddenly i wake up shaken and bathed in perspiration i light a candle and i find that i am alone and after that crisis which occurs every night i at length fall asleep and slumber tranquilly till morning june second my state has grown worse what is the matter with me the bromide does me no good and the shower baths have no effect whatever sometimes in order to tire myself out though i am fatigued enough already i go for a walk in the forest of rumare i used to think at first that the fresh light and soft air impregnated with the odor of herbs and leaves would instill new blood into my veins and impart fresh energy to my heart i turned into a broad ride in the wood and then i turned toward la Bouille, through a narrow path between two rows of exceedingly tall trees which placed a thick green almost black roof between the sky and me a sudden shiver ran through me not a cold shiver 
but a shiver of agony and so i hastened my steps uneasy at being alone in the wood frightened stupidly and without reason at the profound solitude suddenly it seemed to me as if i were being followed that somebody was walking at my heels close quite close to me near enough to touch me i turned round suddenly but i was alone i saw nothing behind me except the straight broad ride empty and bordered by high trees horribly empty on the other side it also extended until it was lost in the distance and looked just the same terrible i closed my eyes why and then i began to turn round on one heel very quickly just like a top i nearly fell down and opened my eyes the trees were dancing round me and the earth heaved i was obliged to sit down and then ah i no longer remembered how i had come what a strange idea what a strange strange idea i did not the least know i started off to the right and got back into the avenue which had led me into the middle of the forest june third i've had a terrible night i shall go away for a few weeks for no doubt a journey will set me up again july second i have come back quite cured and have had a most delightful trip into the bargain i have been to mont st michel which i had not seen before what a sight when one arrives as i did at avarache toward the end of the day the town stands on a hill and i was taken into the public garden at the extremity of the town i uttered a cry of astonishment an extraordinarily large bay lay extended before me as far as my eyes could reach between two hills which were lost to sight in the mist and in the middle of this immense yellow bay under a clear golden sky a peculiar hill rose up sombre and pointed in the midst of the sand the sun had just disappeared and under the still flaming sky the outline of that fantastic rock stood out which bears on its summit a fantastic monument at daybreak i went to it the tide was low as it had been the night before and i saw that wonderful abbey rise up before me as i approached it after several hours walking i reached the enormous mass of rocks which supports the little town dominated by the great church having climbed the steep and narrow street i entered the most wonderful gothic building that has ever been built to god on earth as large as a town full of rooms which seem buried beneath vaulted roofs and lofty galleries supported by columns i entered this gigantic granite jewel which is as light as a bit of lace covered with towers with slender belfries to which spiral staircases ascend and which raise their strange heads that bristle with chimeras with devils with fantastic animals with monstrous flowers and which are joined together by finely carved arches to the blue sky by day and to the black sky by night when i had reached the summit i said to the monk who accompanied me father how happy you must be here and he replied it is very windy monsieur and so we began to talk while watching the rising tide which ran over the sand and covered it with a steel cuirass 
And then the monk told me stories, all the old stories belonging to the place. Legends, nothing but legends. One of them struck me forcibly. The country people, those belonging to the Mornay, declare that at night one can hear talking going on in the sand, and then that one hears two goats bleat, one with a strong, the other with a weak voice. Incredulous people declare that it is nothing but the cry of the seabirds, which occasionally resembles bleedings, and occasionally human lamentations. But belated fishermen swear that they have met an old shepherd whose head, which is covered by his cloak, they can never see, wandering on the downs between two tides, round the little town placed so far out of the world, and who is guiding and walking before them. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A he-goat with a man's face and a she-goat with a woman's face and both of them with white hair and talking incessantly, quarreling in a strange language, and then suddenly ceasing to talk in order to bleat with all their might. Do you believe it? I asked the monk. I scarcely know, he replied, and I continued. If there are other beings besides ourselves on this earth, how comes it that we have not known it for so long a time? Or why have you not seen them? How is it that I have not seen them? He replied, Do you see the hundred thousandth part of what exists? Look here, there is the wind, which is the strongest force in nature, which knocks down men and blows down buildings, uproots trees, raises the sea into mountains of water, destroys cliffs and casts great ships onto the breakers. The wind, which kills, which whistles, which sighs, which roars. Have you ever seen it? And can you see it? It exists for all that, however. It was silent before this simple reasoning. That man was a philosopher, or perhaps a fool. I could not say which exactly, so I held my tongue. What he had said had often been in my own thoughts. July 3rd. I have slept badly. Certainly there is some feverish influence here, for my coachman is suffering in the same way as I am. When I went back home yesterday, I noticed his singular paleness, and then I asked him, What is the matter with you, Jean? 
the matter is that I never get any rest, and my nights devour my days. Since your departure, monsieur, there has been a spell over me. However, the other servants are all well, but I am very frightened of having another attack myself. July 4th. I am decidedly taken again, for my old nightmares have returned. Last night I felt somebody leaning on me, who was sucking my life from between my lips with his mouth. Yes, he was sucking it right out of my neck, like a leech would have done. Then he got up, satiated, and I woke up so beaten, crushed, and annihilated that I could not move. If this continues for a few days, I shall certainly go away again. July 5th. Have I lost my reason? What has happened? What I saw last night is so strange that my head wanders when I think of it. As I do now every evening, I had locked my door and then being thirsty, I drank half a glass of water and I accidentally noticed that the water bottle was full up to the cut glass stopper. Then I went to bed and fell into one of my terrible sleeps, from which I was aroused in about two hours by a still more terrible shock. Picture to yourself a sleeping man who is being murdered, and who wakes up with a knife in his chest, and who is rattling in his throat covered with blood, and who can no longer breathe and is going to die, and does not understand anything at all about it. There it is. Having recovered my senses, I was thirsty again, so I lit a candle and went to the table on which my water bottle was. I lifted it up and tilted it over my glass, but nothing came out. It was empty. It was completely empty. At first I could not understand it at all, and then suddenly I was seized by such a terrible feeling that I had to sit down, or rather I fell into a chair. Then I sprang up with a bound to look about me, and then I sat down again, overcome by astonishment and fear in front of the transparent crystal bottle. I looked at it with fixed eyes, trying to conjecture, and my hands trembled. Somebody had drunk the water, but who? I? I, without any doubt. It could surely only be I. In that case, I was a somnambulist. I lived, without knowing it, that double mysterious life, which makes us doubt whether there are not two beings in us, or whether a strange, unknowable, and invisible being does not at such moments, when our soul is in a state of torpor, animate our captive body which obeys this other being as it does ourselves, and more than it does ourselves. Oh! Who will understand my horrible agony? Who will understand the emotion of a man who is sound in mind, wide awake, full of sound sense, and who looks in horror at the remains of a little water that has disappeared while he was asleep through the glass of a water bottle? And I remained there until it was daylight without venturing to go to bed again. July 6th. I am going mad. Again, all the contents of my water have been drunk during the night, or rather, I have drunk it. But is it I? Is it I? Who could it be? Who? Oh, God, am I going mad? Who will save me? July 10th. I have just been through some surprising ordeals, 
decidedly I am mad, and yet... On July 6th, before going to bed, I put some wine, milk, water, bread, and strawberries on my table. Somebody drank, I drank all the water and a little of the milk, but neither the wine, bread, nor strawberries were touched. On the 7th of July, I renewed the same experiment with the same results, and on the 8th, I left out the water and the milk, and nothing was touched. Lastly, on July 9th, I put only water and milk on my table, taking care to wrap up the bottles in white muslin and to tie down the stoppers. Then I rubbed my lips, my beard, and my hands with pencil lead, and I went to bed. Irresistible sleep seized me, which was soon followed by a terrible awakening. I had not moved, and my sheets were not marked. I rushed to the table. The muslin around the bottles remained intact. I undid the string, trembling with fear. All the water had been drunk, and so had the milk. Oh, great God! I must start for Paris immediately. July 12th, Paris. I must have lost my head during the last few days. I must be the plaything of my enervated imagination, unless I am really a somnambulist, or that I have been brought under the power of one of those influences, which have been proved to exist, but which have hitherto been inexplicable, which are called suggestions. In any case, my mental state bordered on madness, and twenty-four hours of Paris sufficed to restore me to my equilibrium. Yesterday, after doing some business and paying some visits which instilled fresh and invigorating mental air into me, I wound up my evening at the Théâtre Français. A play by Alexandre Dumas, the younger, was being acted, and his active and powerful mind completed my cure. Certainly solitude is dangerous for active minds. We require men who can think and can talk around us. When we are alone for a long time, we people space with phantoms. I returned along the boulevards to my hotel in excellent spirits. Amid the jostling of the crowd, I thought, not without irony, of my terrors and surmises of the previous week, because I believed, yes, I believed, that an invisible being lived beneath my roof. How weak our head is, and how quickly it is terrified, and goes astray, as soon as we are struck by a small, incomprehensible fact. Instead of concluding with these simple words, I do not understand because the cause escapes me. We immediately imagine terrible mysteries and supernatural powers. July 14th, Fate of the Republic I walked through the streets, and the crackers and flags amused me like a child. Still, it is very foolish to be merry on a fixed date by a government decree. The populace is an imbecile flock of sheep, now steadily patient and now in ferocious revolt. Say to it, amuse yourself, and it amuses itself. Say to it, go and fight with your neighbor, and it goes and fights. Say to it, vote for the emperor, and it votes for the emperor, and then say to it, vote for the republic, and it votes for the republic. Those who direct it are also stupid, but instead of obeying men, they obey principles, which can only be stupid, sterile, and false, for the very reason that they are principles, 
that is to say ideas which are considered as certain and unchangeable in this world where one is certain of nothing since light is an illusion and noise is an illusion july sixteenth i saw some things yesterday that troubled me very much i was dining at my cousin's madame sablé's whose husband is the colonel of the seventy-six chasseurs at limoges there were two young women there one of whom had married a medical man dr parent who devotes himself a great deal to nervous diseases and the extraordinary manifestations to which at this moment experiments in hypnotism and suggestion give rise he related to us at some length the enormous results obtained by english scientists and the doctors of the medical school at nancy and the facts which adduced appeared to me so strange that i declared that i was altogether incredulous we are he declared on the point of discovering one of the most important secrets of nature i mean to say one of its most important secrets on this earth for there are certainly some which are of a different kind of importance up in the stars yonder yet ever since man has thought since he has been able to express and write down his thoughts he has felt himself close to a mystery which is impenetrable to his coarse and imperfect senses and he endeavours to supplement the want of power of his organs by the efforts of his intellect as long as that intellect still remains in its elementary stage this intercourse with invisible spirits assumed forms which were commonplace though terrifying thence sprang the popular belief in the supernatural the legends of wandering spirits of fairies of gnomes ghosts i might even say the legend of god for our conceptions of the workman creator from whatever religion they may have come down to us are certainly the most mediocre the stupidest and the most unacceptable inventions that ever sprang from the frightened brain of any human creatures nothing is truer than what voltaire says god made man his own image but man has certainly paid him back again but for rather more than a century men seem to have had a presentiment of something new mesmer and some others have put us on an unexpected track and especially within the last two or three years we have arrived at really surprising results my cousin who is also very incredulous smiled and dr parent said to her would you like me to try and send you to sleep madame yes certainly she sat down in an easy chair and he began to look at her fixedly so as to fascinate her i suddenly felt myself somewhat uncomfortable with a beating heart and a choking feeling in my throat i saw that madame sibley's eyes were growing heavy her mouth twitched and her bosom heaved and at the end of ten minutes she was asleep stand behind her the doctor said to me and so i took a seat behind her he put a visiting card into her hands and said to her this is a looking-glass what do you see in it and she replied i see my cousin what is he doing he is twisting his mustache and now he is taking a photograph out of his pocket whose photograph is it his own 
that was true and that photograph had been given me that same evening at the hotel what is his attitude in this portrait he is standing up with his hat in his hand so she saw on that card on that piece of white pasteboard as if she had seen it in a looking-glass the young women were frightened and exclaimed that is quite enough quite quite enough but the doctor said to her authoritatively you will get up at eight o'clock to-morrow morning then you will go and call your cousin at his hotel and ask him to lend you five thousand francs which your husband demands of you and which he will ask for when he sets out on his coming journey then he woke her up on returning to my hotel i thought over this curious seance and i was assailed by doubts not as to my cousin's absolute and undoubted good faith for i had known her as well as if she had been my own sister ever since she was a child but as to a possible trick on the doctor's part had not he perhaps kept a glass hidden in his hand which he showed to the young woman in her sleep at the same time as he did the card professional conjurers do things which are just as singular End of the Horla Part One by Guy de Maupassant, Section One.